are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy, Lotus of Doom, as usual. Lotus, how you doing, man? I'm good. Lots of excitement since our last uh, live show. Yeah. Live recording, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, last time we got the big notification that there's the whole thing in Vegas happening next month. And uh, I'm at at a 95% uh, chance of actually making this work. So we just got to we just got to work out a few little details with the, you know, the family arrangements and stuff and stuff like that. But but it looks like I will be able to go. So if anybody else would like to go to Vegas and get together and we'll have a big podcast get together, let us know. Chime yeah. on, chime in on the discord. Let us know that you'll be there and we'll just kind of have a big list of people to get together and and hang out and it'll be awesome. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I will definitely be there because our thing before I got uh, like confirmation of everything and got my QR code and all that goodness was uh, I mentioned it to my wife and she was like, well, I want to go back to Vegas because the last time we went, she was like, one, it was super fun and everybody was really nice. But she was like, besides that, it was just super entertaining because we stayed a couple days after the event just to kind of like go to Vegas Mm because she had never been. And she was like, oh, I'd like to go back anyway. So that sounds great. So we did the same thing where it's like, all right, we'll just turn it into like a little mini vacation to make it like worth it for the both of us. And uh, (laughs) we did that before I even got confirmation. So I was like, at the worst, we're just going to vacation (laughs) in Vegas. We're just taking vacation. Five days. We won't even get into the show. Yeah, I was like, hopefully I also get to go to the show while I'm there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't mention this to you during the pre-show while we were chatting about this, but one of the things that I plan to do, and I promise we'll get to the content. We're talking about Somerset today. We're going around still from locations. Uh, But one of the things I was thinking about doing was bringing a laptop and kind of an area mic. And maybe after the second day's events, you and I, I mean, it would be like a Thursday. We could do do an on the fly one on the fly one. I don't know if we'll be able to stream it live, but we'll at least be able to record while we're there and get an episode out and let people know what the event was like. So, yeah, I was thinking that would be be fun fun. and maybe Maybe even have some guests, guests. some people come by. Yeah, right. It could, could be a, it'll be a party. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Might be a fun little offshoot episode. Yeah. Yeah. So look forward to that. That'll be in a month or so. And then uh, things will be back to normal. But this week we're talking about Somerset. We've we're still working our way clockwise around. <laughs> we're getting there around the continent. Uh, now we're off to some islands. We're talking about the Somerset Isles, the, the, roughly that area and some of the isles that accompany uh, accompany encompass that are part <laughs> in- of. That a company and encompass all combined into one word. Company, company, 
<laughs> Perfect. Uh, but, but here we go. So the Somerset Isles, sometimes just called Somerset, is the large island to the southwest of Tamriel's mainland. It is the largest of three main islands in the Somerset Isles, which encompasses over a dozen more smaller islands. And we're going to talk about some of those. And just a reminder, this isn't so much about the culture and the history and the peoples of this area, although generally this is known as being a place where all the Altmer are and they don't like other people coming into these areas. So except for the, in the time of ESO where they've opened it up to tourism and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they had to open it up for tourism because things were kind of going south and they needed some reinforcements that might not be already on the island. Um, so so in rare occasions, yeah. it seems like they will make exceptions when it benefits them. Or benefits the MMO or benefits to the let story you that's... bring your player into the right. place. Oh, you're not part of the Dominion? Well, we need a reason <laughs> to be able to scoot you in real quick. <laughs> right, right. Um, so before we get too far from it, because I was actually kind of uh, interesting, and I have... This is better for the video version, but I mean, it's it's something all the way back to Arena and something I mocked when I was playing the Elder Scrolls 1 Arena. Um, Somerset has actually changed its name slightly. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm always like, the lore is a great thing and it's super entertaining and fun, but you do kind of need to keep it. It changes when it needs to. Yeah, And yeah. the spelling is literally different. Um, and I have a map, which is actually a mouse pad from the original Elder Scrolls Arena. So oh, it this is... is back in the time when you had those big boxes and things came yes, in the boxes. Was. And originally it was spelt a little different. Um, it looks like Sumerset. S-U-M-U-R. Sumerset was what I was calling it. Uh, because that's it's it's spelt differently. Um, and it's sort of never explained why it's changed. Uh, other than probably it's just easier to say Somerset. <laughs> well, Elsewhere has kind of a, a unique spelling for something that you pronounce as elsewhere and they kept it and i think Uh, it's partly because it's supposed to be more foreign like right of of any of the races that are supposed to feel kind of familiar probably the high elves the imperials high fantasy yeah and then that you would recognize like people from daggerfall or whatever right like these are supposed to be kind of familiar types of right yeah um but yeah, so it was just something that I felt was worth noting that it kind of looks more like it was pronounced Sumerset originally. <laughs> um, and then it just kind of morphed into the new spelling with, uh, you know, two M's and stuff like that. And it's, e. I, it's a yeah. neat little piece of trivia that kind of changed over time. Right. So it's now Somerset, like the word summer. Summer. With yes. U M M E R. Right. Correct. So. All right. So the uh, the landscape of Somerset Isle is similar to that of its sister island of Aradon. Aradon, we'll talk a little bit about, too. It is the uh, zone that was originally where you would go if you were a high elf, if you're doing the whole Aldmeri Dominion stuff in ESO when it first launched before the Somerset expansion. And then they opened up the whole big island. Yeah. For exploration. Uh, but both of these have a warm climate, colorful forests, idyllic meadows. And I really like this word. Craggy mountains. <laughs> Nothing beats the craggiest of mountains. What is do you, what is that? What do you think that means? When I, I think of craggy mountains, I I mean, I guess Somerset does have them because it's you know it it goes up and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm just picturing like sharp jags coming out of like giant rocks formations yeah. everywhere, which does not. My immediate thought when you say that is either high rock or 
all of the places in Skyrim. <laughs> right, right. But to see, the Skyrim mountains feel just more like regular, like snow-capped mountains. Like, sure. Craggy, to me, feels like broken up. and Like, like jagged, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Um, but, you know, it's pretty good explanation there, I think. Yeah. Um, very high fantasy aesthetic in the region. Right, right. Lots of uh, very saturated colors. Yep. Uh, the, the zone feels very bright, like it is a more southern, closer to the equator kind of location. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of the most beautiful places you can visit in ESO. And yeah. And I mean, you could visit in like we've talked about with some of the other locations, you could visit it in arena, but it looks like everywhere. In <laughs> it looks like a procedurally generated, very pixelated. Right. Right. <laughs> so it didn't have a lot of unique qualities to it. Right. And fortunately, this expansion came out uh, late enough in the development years of ESO that they had really buttoned down the technology and the visual style of the game so that uh, this area is a significant bump up from some of the like if you go to Auradon, for example it looks nice it's a very nice looking location but the tech improved between the original release very much so and somerset and somerset just it's just more densely packed with grasses and uh greenery and animals running around and all of that kind of stuff um so it, it is a little bit more pleasant looking so um, and for right now, I'm pulling from just kind of the general ge- geography section of UESP and it, it goes on. It says most of the southern part of the island and a central region in the north are covered with mountains with a central pass linking to linking the western and eastern parts of the island. The highest mountain on the island is Etten near located in the northern region. Coral is abundant on the shores of Somerset Isle. This is one of the really cool uh, things that makes sets this island apart from everywhere else. You run around on the yes. shores and you see coral structures and uh, the um, the beaches are all very interestingly detailed. That's probably the way I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, it's not like like you made reference to already. It's it's definitely got the tropical feel to it, like the, the more southern vibe and stuff like that. Um and a lot of it is beach related, like you're on beachfronts because they're islands. Like So, so they're yeah. objectively surrounded by by beaches. I mean, there's not really a lot of ways to be connected to the ocean and not have abundant beaches. Yeah. Rob says those beaches be crazy. Those are, those <laughs> nice. are some crazy beaches. Five points, Rob. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> coral, coral is abundant on the shores of the Somerset Isle. Uh, the coral forest on the eastern shore is one of the best known coral formations. And coral formations are sometimes found far from the sea, which suggests original occupation by the Slode. A uh, river or two tributaries named the Clot flows into the northeastern shore. Um, and we're not going to get too into the history of this, but the Slode, the the island was originally settled by the Aldmer, which became the Altmer at that period during the Merithic era. Yep. And uh, that early era of the history was very rife with conflict between the Altmer and the Slode and the Maomer, 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 Maomer. I always say Maomer, but Maomer, it depends how much of it you want to pronounce. It depends on how much peanut butter you have in your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) How many marbles are currently in your mouth when you're saying the race? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
but it has a very long history, lots of different phases throughout the different eras and all of that stuff. But we're not going to get into that that part too much uh, here. Let's you know what? The flora and fauna is kind of minimal on this one. So why don't we do with that one next? And then we're going to go to some of the locations on the second half. So is there anything from the flora fauna that you want to point out? Is there anything in there? So that I personally, really like? um, this, this is directly related to ESO um, because again, the majority of what we've seen of the area, that's not very pixelated, procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from the Elder Scrolls online. And personally, I just, I love the coral design. Um, m- Morrowind's area has a couple areas with this like land coral stuff that I think we mentioned. Um, Vivex antlers has it's like and it's basically above ground and it glows and it's, it looks kind of radioactive. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. This is more like what you would expect from a coral reef, except yes. that it's like interwoven with the island itself, which makes it really cool um, because a lot of the cave structures you go into, you'll start in a cave and it'll be one thing. And as you go through the cave, it kind of almost morphs into coral like you chiseled through the coral to get where you're going which gives it a very very unique feel i really like that it's very alive it, it is coral yes, and feels say, very alive it's yeah, the home it, it of does, so many little creatures and, and things like that uh, and it can be beautiful with all the different colors and shapes and all of that as yep. well so yeah there, there's lots of coral um there's also different kinds of trees red and purple maple trees yeah uh, the trees are a little more extravagant and a little less realistic that's where a lot of the high fantasy comes in mm-hmm. um one of the things which i guess we can it's not really i guess flora or fauna specifically i didn't see any of it in the different notes which is kind of weird actually um but one of the things it sort of phased out of the series to kind of ground it a little more which i guess is probably a good thing but before we had seen it and when we had only heard about the whole situation um there was a lot more like it is already a high fantasy area, but it even seemed a bit like they might have been really doubling down on the high fantasy originally and then reined it back in a bit, maybe for technical reasons, maybe just because they were like, okay, this doesn't actually make much sense. This is more of like when legends kind of grow their own story and it's like, okay, this is lost. Yeah. It's grounding in reality. Um, so there was this references. I wish I knew the book offhand so apologies that i don't have the direct reference to um but there are allusions to the fact that's like oh you know some of the towers had like dragonfly wing glass windows yeah the the glass or um uh, butterfly wings or, or dragonfly wings. You know what like, I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's yeah. quotes. There's quotes from some of the old uh, lore books about from the lore books about the, I, the minarets and the towers that go impossibly high with impossibly high, and they're yeah. literally sculpted sculpted out of words. And it's like, okay, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. It <laughs> all just sounds like a fairy minarets. tale. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like that's where it's like when you hear about that. Okay, that's interesting. But then it's like. That happens in our our real life. A lot of times things get kind of exaggerated to the point where it's like Mm -hmm. you've lost touch with what it originally was. And it's something that that started in one way and then became this extravagant thing until you actually see it. And then it's almost like, oh, you let down because it's like it doesn't live up to its legacy, even if its legacy is totally made up. Right. It's (laughs) It's the same kind of it's uh, what what they're doing in a lot of those old lore books is they're writing from the perspective of the Imperials. And that is very similar to Western 
uh, Western society and this the age of exploration where you have people like Marco Polo going off to some, you know, random port halfway across the world. And then he doesn't return, but other people return and then tell these crazy stories about Xanadu or wherever. Right. And those stories are based on a little bit of truth and a lot of hearsay and you know, them just making things sound more grand than they actually were or whatever. Right. Right. This is the same kind of thing, that misunderstanding of these foreign worlds and locations. And so you get sort of some of that. So, yeah, it, it, the, the spires and the buildings are and we talk about the architecture in some of the other episodes about the different locations and everything is uh, built out of this like white looking. I don't know if it's like limestone or whatever. The towers are very light colored they are it's not quite marble it's not quite limestone like mm -hmm. i know what you mean it's 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 it doesn't have an an aesthetic to anything specifically but it's like kind of a little of all sorts of different things i mean i guess i'm not a rock and mineral expert so maybe it is actually based on something very specific but sure sure um it, it gives it a very clean chic feel when right. you're in the area and bright being that it's a very, very sunny yeah, it's, southern location right. it's, it's a light rock so it's like as a side effect it, you know when there's always sun in the area for the most part definitely not you know the same idea as like glenumbra where it's always raining uh which we haven't gotten to yet but we'll get there yeah. uh but like you know it, it reflects a lot <laughs> glenumbra is the, like the seattle uh, yeah glenumbra is just <laughs> tamriel <laughs> seattle <laughs> oh, man. all right black marsh is like florida Columbra yep. is is the northwest. Um, yep. Skyrim so, is New England. Skyrim is New England. We, so we wait, the, so Somerset we got the autumn is and we got the winter. <laughs> what is really Somerset gonna... like Hawaii? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, with I could, towers. I could see that because like, it's also an island too. Yeah. So if the native Hawaiians built gigantic towers, then you get Somerset. Done. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. That's it. That's it. Perfect. Um, here, let's talk about some of the other flora. You've got other different types of trees, uh, ginkgo, sea grape, spruce, mangroves. We talked about the mangroves and some of the other yep. locations, and that's because of the watery areas and the beaches. And then some other smaller plants that are you know, like blue and purple, wisteria, yellow oleander, pearlwort. Which is a weird combination of a very pretty thing and a very not pretty thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And glasswort, um, which are just some of the, the flora. But in general, the flora has these vibrant colors and it contrasts with the, the greens of the grasses and the other more common trees. Sure. So there's a lot of that. And then the fauna, there are a few weird looking animals here. You've got gatus, the, the gatus, the welwa, the ilad. Iliadi, Iliadi, is how you pronounce that? Yep, just gonna let this play out. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. <laughs> all right, all right, Il Iliadi. Um, uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It goes on. It says which were exterminated by the Aldmer when they colonized the island. Although the Welwa were in reintroduced to the island's ecosystem in the second era. Weird. Um, the most iconic Somerset animals are griffins, and this is the one. These are yeah. and deer like Indrix. So the Indrix are the pet that you can get in ESO, and for a while right. there, you can get different variations on them by collecting everything. And mm -hmm. the griffins, the, the combination of griffins and Indrix in this zone, give it that high fantasy feel. Yes, very much so. Um, griffins basically just like uh, I mean, people know what griffins are. They're not like a unique. <laughs> fantasy trope to the Elder Scrolls. But ironically, it's been around since 
like the beginning because you could get you didn't see griffins in the original like two games but you could get like griffin feathers like as a, as a drop that you could just use to like vendor type of deal mm-hmm. so the idea was to always have them and then obviously you are allowed to see griffins going forward um you actually have some interactions with them other than like you fight some as bosses but then um they can be you know, grumpy you come across them they in the can world be. yeah yes and also on the flip side they're kind of used as not really horses because they have horses as well but basically battle mounts because like the welkinar they they're known as the griffin riders and they're like the most feared of the troopers for for a lot of the altmer so it's like they imagine imagine being in a world battle animals it's like yeah imagine being in a world where you're stuck in like medieval warfare tactics and then all of a sudden <laughs> mounted soldiers flying on the backs of griffins swoop down at yeah. you yeah that's that's o- that's op if that was in a video game it would get nerfed uh yes i uh, would would be <laughs> um and actually i guess on on the note of this it's it's just kind of weird because this is absolutely one of those um situations where you know we, we like to kind of reference like the in-game and also sort of the technical stuff when it comes down to it. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like we've needed to touch on the technical bits with a few of these things recently with discussing this whole thing. Um, there's also another thing that's referred to as quasi-griffs, which has been quasi-griffs. introduced to the Elder Scrolls Online, which basically it's a griffin, but it can't fly because then you'd have flying mounts. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's essentially just a griffin, except it doesn't fly because then you can just run around on it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's really otherwise it's just a griffin, but they they call him a quasi griff so that they don't fly. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the one other creature that is really notable about this location is called a canna, which is a, a very exotic looking bird. Think uh, kind of like a parrot with a smaller beak, but also very bright feathers, greens mm-hmm. and yellows and blues or reds. Um, and they're specifically bred for their their feathers. Gross gross <laughs> i just i just imagine somebody's job is just like plucking them well, they them probably kill them and then just like skin them all at once yeah or i guess yeah or they might maybe they just trim them i mean you could trim a bird yeah I was gonna say, could, like i said if, if you just non-violently pluck them i suppose <laughs> that poor would... bird ouch stop <laughs> ouch, i feel like stop. i feel like the canna wouldn't really enjoy the situation very much no it'd be better just to trim them real short like you do when you've got like a parakeet, you know, and you clip the wings so they can't fly. Right. And then you just, yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> we're getting into the logistics of trimming bird feathers. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to thank our patrons and then we'll be back to talk about some of the locations and other islands because there's a string of other islands that go on with this. So we'll be right back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This is Hamish Morak, Dragon Boy. And you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls all right here we are uh rob the princess has some notes on the quasi griff uh, because i, know, I like the little addition because there is yeah. some like more that they there is some like logical lore that they kind of toss to it too where it's like you know if if they're using magic and selective breeding to make wingless griffins well okay they can't fly around so they're a lot easier to train granted they can't get away. Like they lose a decent amount of their battle prowess if they can't fly. But nonetheless, like it, there you go. There, there's like even like a, a more in lore reason as opposed mm-hmm. to we don't want to give you flying mounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and this came from one of the newest uh, mounts in the game. Is that some of the details? Yes. Yeah. It, it was another one of the things like you you had mentioned uh, during the events. You can like get tickets and you build these pieces that allow you to collect enough parts to summon an Indric. Same thing with the the, the quasi griffs. Quasi griffs, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So go check that out. It's cool. It's cool stuff. The mounts. Yeah. In ESO they do look are, really cool. I mean, they really essentially cool. just look like griffins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here we've got our patrons to to shout out. We've got some new ones. Uh, Joey T. Obots Adio, which sounds strangely familiar. Yeah, that is weird. Mm. Uh, Sean B. I can't put my finger on why it sounds familiar though, so I just give up immediately. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Sean Sean B. Uh, Not Sean Bean. That would be cool too, but this is a different B. Uh, (laughs) Hammerhead, and that's it. Those are our new patrons for this for this week. Thank you for joining. Welcome to the Patreon. I hope you're enjoying all the extra content and all the other stuff you can get. Uh, also, we're going to shout out our Daedric Princes, Kira C, Neon Knight, and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for your support as Tier 5 Daedric Princes. And to all 127 of our patrons, thank you so much for your support. Oh if, you, if you're interested in helping out, getting all sorts of cool stuff, contributing to this show, being a part of the Patreon, then go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. It's that simple. And we uh, don't have any new reviews this week, but if you would like to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. Plus, it helps us out as well. And uh, Plus, still appreciate all those five-star reviews that (laughs) without I look at that thing, I was like, a lot of people take the time out of their day to give us a five-star review, which is very nice. (laughs) It's very kind of everyone to even just do the slightest little thing, because it's... I mean, we're in an economy where... It does not go unnoticed. (laughs) Yeah, like, this is the internet economy of the 2020s, right? Like, free podcasts, (laughs) go listen to the podcast. You don't have to do anything. And the fact that you would take some time to even just click a button is is actually huge because you have yeah. to make a point to go do it right right you're choosing to spend even if it doesn't sound like a lot it, you are choosing to spend time to do that for us so and it, it is huge so thank you so much and then those on those of you who listen on spotify or any other platforms you can always uh, give us a rating on there as well so thank you for all the five star ratings uh our community is amazing and if and if let us know if you're going to vegas yes we want to hang let out us know because i do i i was mentioning it on uh tales as well and just chat, chatting on on twitter about it and everything like that um a lot of times because we talk so much online sometimes it might connect and just you think that like it it's an obvious 
connection like but a lot of times it's a one way like i know your name from online thing but you see us doing this or maybe you just recognize our voice because again the majority of you listen to the show and you know tales as well as opposed to watch them but it's like uh, make sure we have context because a lot of times i'm just like oh okay that's who you are and it's 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 a little jarring at first when we're like if I'm staring blankly, it's because I'm I have not connected the gamer <laughs> right. tag to you yet. Yeah, I'm, I know thousands of gamer tags at this point, and I'm Correct. like, which one is this again? Uh, I don't yes. remember right off the top of my head. Especially when it's in a different situation, it gets a little trickier. Right. Um, I might have to bring my uh, robots radio hat out of retirement. I was going to give it away, oh, and then go. and then I didn't. <laughs> so uh, maybe I should do that. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Let's let's move on Come with the rest of the show. Vegas. Come say hi to Vegas. Or well, PAX East yeah. as well. That's All another that. thing. That, that's happening beforehand. If you're going there, I know a lot of you are going there. there. There's not a specific ESO or Elder Scrolls thing there, but there's a lot of ESO and actually Elder Scrolls in general people there. If you're there, let me know as well. Absolutely. Lots of fun events. Yep. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Here we go. Let's do it. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, we're back. This is the part of the show where we're going to talk about the locations. We kind of moved it around, but let's start talking about some locations. Here is the quote. I found the quote, Lotus, that you were referring to. It comes from the Pocket Guide to the Empire. Perfect. And it says, and so the first location we're going to talk about is Alinor. Alinor is the capital of the island of the Isle and uh, has been described by human traders as, quote, made from glass or insect wings. Other accounts by diplomats of the Riemann dynasty say that it is, quote, a hypnotic swirl of ramparts and impossibly high towers designed to catch the light of the sun and break it into its component colors, which lie draped across its stones until you are thankful for nightfall. (laughs) What What a description. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, both of those come from different sections of the pocket guide to the empire, but which totally makes sense. Right. This was written from the perspective of somebody from the empire. So there's that. Uh, there's the Crystal Tower, which we've talked about before. Yep. There's uh, the city of First Hold, which is the largest city in Aradon and the second largest city in the province. And First Hold is a city built upon the cliffs of the Vaif region in Aradon and with waterways built from the Diketo River. So cool stuff. Um, and then there's Skywatch, which is a port city in the east of the Somerset Isles. And uh, this is a city that was actually sieged by the Slowed uh, towards the end. There's later dates of the first era or the mid section yep. of the first era. Um, yeah, a lot of Slowed assaults in this area. <laughs> yeah, the Slowed just really like picking on those Altmer. They just yeah, they do. don't like them very much. And then... Um, there are some other cities uh, we could we can mention. Uh, so we've got Alinar Cloudrest, uh, the Crystal Tower Dusk, which is in the southeastern tip of the island. Etnir, which is the tallest mountain, which we mentioned before. Yep. Lalandril, which is a city that is home to the College of Sapiarchs, located on the Ooh. western shore. Uh, Shimmerine, the city on the eastern shore, also known as the City of Lights. So that's, that city has got a really cool name. Yes. Uh, can you say this one? Salakik Ankur? The Beautiful birthplace of Vanis Galarian. 
Awesome. I like how that's its only <laughs> notable feature. That's the only notable thing in this little summary on the, the UESP. And then Sunhold, which is a city with a large port on the isle located on the southern shore. The main road to Sunhold winds its way through the eastern pass. So a lot of these are locations that you can go visit in ESO as you go to different sections of the of the main island. Uh, but there are some other islands. We've got the main island of Somerset. We've got Aradon, which we mentioned, which contains yep. the cities of Firsthold, Skywashed, and Volkelgard. Volkelgard. Vocal. But that's, as soon as I say that, I think of the word vocal, like to vocalize <laughs> yeah. something. And then I'm like, that's not how that's pronounced. Yep. Volkelgard. Before we move past Volkelgard, this is the most ridiculous piece of trivia, and it's real dumb, but it's something that uh, my buddy actually uh, found years ago, and we never can look at it the same way. Um, when you are in Elder Scrolls Online, you, you're, one of your starter cities is is Volkelgard if you're in um, the Eldmeri Dominion Alliance. Mm-hmm. And all of the cities have guards in them. Um, so it'll be like Alanor Guard or Whiterun Guard or whatever. <laughs> or a vocal guard guard. It's literally just called vocal guard, not a vocal guard guard. It's just <laughs> a vocal guard. And they and I'm like, shouldn't it be a vocal guard guard? Not, yeah. But the name changes just for vocal guards. <laughs> That's weird. It should be vocal yep. guard guard. Yes. And I can never unsee that. And now if you play Elder Scrolls online, you can't either. Yeah. And if uh, that guard happened to talk too much, you could call him a vocal vocal guard guard. <laughs> Great. This and is... if you needed to protect him, you would have to guard the vocal vocal guard guard. This is why people listen to this show. I'm sure. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you were upset about it and wanted to complain, you would be vocal about guarding the vocal vocal guard guard. <laughs> Moving right Whew. along. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there's <laughs> there's Ardon, right? Uh, also, Ardon. This is a fun little little tidbit here. Ardon is all uh, Aridon. You say these words multiple times. This starts to sound weird. Is also where uh, King uh, Torinan landed while leaving Aldmiris. So during the fleeing of Aldmiris over to Tamriel, this is where the king originally landed. Was wasn't actually in Somerset. It was actually in Aridon. Right. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Then there's Arteum, and we can do an entire episode about Arteum. This is the third largest island on the continent, home of the Sigic Order, Mm -hmm. the Time Wizards, right? Yep. Uh, And one summary of this is an ancient monastic order that has existed for millennia. Also... The island, this is according to the fandom article on this, and I, I like this summary. The island has a tendency to disappear off the face of Nern. <laughs> Oops, where'd which, it go? Which is true. Like, they just... It, it does. It regularly just is, boop, gone. Yeah, the city quarter is like, yeah, we're we're not going to be physically here anymore. Boom. Yeah. There's definitely a few incidents where throughout history they've been like, ooh, yeah, ugh, peace, and they just gone, and then they'll pop back up when need be or give people access when need be but yeah sometimes uh they they really like to be like hyper neutral to all situations uh yeah. you know we'll get into the sigic order another time but like they they really tried to stay very divorced from the whole politics of tamriel it seems like it's kind of um, watching a lot 
Yeah, they, they yeah, they definitely got the voyeuristic thing, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it seems like to maximize that type of efficiency, uh, they just kind of delete themselves from where everybody can see them for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So it's another one of those locations, kind of like the Clockwork City that just like yep. is there, but it's not really there. Right. Else. You can also visit it in ESO. The Somerset expansion includes Arteum as part of the story and one of the locations you go to. It's actually not very big. And we've talked about this before. The locations themselves are actually not that large. Like if Somerset sure. in ESO was a real location, you could walk across the con- the entire island in like an hour. Like it's not that big. Right. Yeah. Where it's like <laughs> probably a several day travel if you were to do to scale proportionately. But yeah. Yeah. So video games, video games. Right. Uh, so there's a bunch of other minor islands. So the first of which is Ivea which is a small island located northwest of the Somerset Isles. It was settled by Archmage Shalador in the Second Era to be a safe haven for mages from the troubles of war. Shiogorath once tricked Shalagor into giving up the island as part of the Shivering Isles, but it was later returned in the Second Era. Yes. Um, another weird little bit of trivia. You have a, <laughs> It is in the Mages Guild storyline in The Elder Scrolls Online, and it is a travelable location. However, it's basically obscured on the map mm-hmm. where you, you need to go through a Mage's Guild portal at a Mage's Guild in order to go there. Right. And when you're there, you can see on the map, you're basically like out in the middle of the ocean. You can't even really see where you are. But if you highlight it, it'll say like Ivia on the map. But right. it's not it's not like an easily accessible area compared to like the other locations. Right. And it's also very small. And it's very small. If you're going to do the scrying stuff and try to level up scrying, it's one of the best places to do that in. Because yep, you can just do laps around it. Space. <laughs> yeah. It's really easy to get from one place to dig up another thing and get another hint and the go totally dig up another Totally makes sense. Thing. Yeah. It, it like pro strats there, everybody. Yeah. That's a, I did not do that there. That is actually pretty solid. I, I yeah. Yeah. So oh. then there's uh, Aranorn. Aranorn Isle is located off the eastern coast of Skywatch and Aradon. It is used as a shipping complex and a warehouse for incoming ships to Skywatch. The Slode used the island as a base for the sack of Skywatch. Thanks, Slode. Uh, not, <laughs> oh, yeah, not too much else about not too much else about that island. Uh, Baranim with two eyes is an isolated isle off the coast of Mathesen. This was once the central hub for Aldmer commerce before becoming abandoned by their descendants. A large ruin exists on the island. Then there's a uh, Salatar. Salatar is an island far from the Isle of Somerset. It was created by the Altmer known as Aranus, Aranius, 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 Yeah. <laughs> Solid Arrhenius, sure. Uh, the Rock Witch of Salatar, who was recorded to have strange magic that allowed her to pull the island from the sea. The island has been abandoned for a long time. So this, I love these other like little minor locations. Right. Because they could show up again in the future, in future stories or something. So these are cool. And then there's one more. Uh, Branel Kerr, the Isle of Branel Kerr, is a mysterious island covered by storms off the coast of Ardon that was once inhabited by the Sigic Order. It housed the Sigic Obscuros, a powerful scrying device. But it is not 
part of the same combination of islands or whatever that Artaeum is. It's just kind of a separate yeah. location. I guess the uh, Sidgics were like, well, we like Artaeum better. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Fair. So to wrap this up, there's actually some fun little trivia bits. And, and this is one of the reasons we, we usually go to the UESP first if we're going to quote like anything from a wiki. Uh, but fandom.com has some fun stuff. So we'll look. Oh, there yeah, there's no sludge of a site at all. I was going to say right. it's another very useful resource. It's always good to have a variety of resources uh, at, at your disposal for this stuff. Right. So there's some fun little trivia notes here. There's only two points on this one. The first one is the original name for the Elder Scrolls Morrowind was the Elder Scrolls Three Tribunal and was originally supposed to take place in the Somerset Isles, but was scrapped early on and changed to Morrowind for reasons still unknown. My guess is because they wanted to do weird and wacky stuff instead of high fantasy stuff. Right. And, you know, with the direction that the series has gone, I would say they probably made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I think Morrowind was was good for being able to do something really strange and then bring it way back to a more. Yep common kind of location with oblivion in cyrodiil and then skyrim so uh the, the other note here is bartender rumors in the elder scrolls arena so according to what bartenders will say in arena and i don't know if you ever came across this lotus they include the line quote my prophet says somerset isle spelled incorrectly to the two ways that we've mentioned already yeah this one has two m's and a u instead of one m and a u or two m's and an e so yeah. It's spelled incorrectly here, but this is a quote. My prophet says Somerset Isle is doomed to sink beneath the sea. He did not specify when, but it sounded like soon. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet. It and hasn't. there's the whole sinking under the sea thing from Aldmiris. So maybe there was just confusion there. Maybe the prophet was confused. Or maybe the writers just hadn't really incorporated that into the history well, of the or, lore. Or maybe it became Yakuda where they sunk that island instead. Uh, maybe. For the series. Thras can't keep its head above water, pun intended, I guess. There's like, a lot of sinking islands and islands yeah, that are, are there but aren't there, or right. are they there? I feel like there's a lot yeah. of buoyancy problems in, <laughs> in there. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is that as well. But um, it is definitely a location that's worth checking out. If you haven't played ESO and played uh, the Somerset expansion and want to just even go on a tour and see what it looks like or look up some videos of it, it's it's very pretty, especially yeah. for I mean, even for an MMO that's been out for, you know, years and years and years now. Yeah, we're, we're almost about to celebrate the ninth anniversary of Elder Scrolls. Online. Whew. Whew. Yeah, that's amazing. So there you go. Uh, yeah. It, pulling in Atlantis in fifth era <laughs> says uh, HDD and like, chat. yeah HD seems, Dalton. seems very highly possible yeah Aldmiris Atlantis hmm I never thought is. about that similarity either <laughs> there it is so that's going to do it for Somerset we will continue our exploration across Tamriel on the next episode but Lotus before we head out you got anything else going on you want to share um, no, that's pretty much it. Um, it. Really, it's just been a lot of event planning for me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, just the usual. We've got uh, Tales of Tamriel being recorded again, hopefully this weekend without too much problem. Um, and just kind of covering the news and stuff like that. We've got new dungeons uh, on the way as well as some uh, combat changes, but in a good way. Uh, coming to the game and stuff Good like that right on the horizon. Changes. It's just a few more weeks away for PC and then a little bit, uh, well, actually, not even a few weeks for PC, a um, few more weeks for console and 
uh, that's two weeks after PC. So it's right on the horizon if that's your type of deal. We spent the last uh, most of the last year with everybody all debating and you know clamoring about combat changes. Ah, oh, they're ruining yeah. the game. Ah, blah 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 blah. So now they're fixing them. We're like we're uh, back so to yay combat changes. So yeah, it, it's I, I guess just like as a very quick synopsis, uh, I was actually one of the people who did not really care for the direction of combat. Did it ruin the game? No, it, but I did not. It was very much missing the mark that they kept saying they were going for, which was like, yeah, we want to get more people into being able to do more challenging things Mm. by nerfing things. And it was like, well, that doesn't make any like nerfing content, I guess, but nerfing us, how would that help? And it was that they had been mentioning a way of kind of hybridizing and stuff like that. And there was some varying debates and you know if people want different things it's hard it's very hard to appease both you can't you can't give everybody everything right wants and uh one of the things that i felt was a very strong addition uh and then it went through an iteration of changes constantly was this oak and soul ring and all this stuff and um without going on a huge diatribe you can check out tales of tamriel if you want we had guests on who do this for a literal living uh is <laughs> analyze this stuff giving their different perspectives and things like that but um they kind of stopped i was uh, my big problem was they just kept changing everything so everything became here's an overhaul and then the next patch it's an overhaul again and i was like right. i don't have the time to keep up with learning all of this over and over and over again just pick something and go with it and they've kind of picked something and have been going with it, which is what I wanted. And I'm like, okay. Is it a good thing? It, it So <laughs> there are a lot of good combat changes for tanks, which are all great quality of life things, which I love. Uh-huh. Uh, makes it much more intuitive. And they brought back a couple features that have been gone for years that people missed. So great features. And they brought this Oaken Soul thing where you only have to use one bar instead of two in the game. And it opened up this whole swath of new heavy attack style builds for those of you who don't like this thing called weaving in the game, which is very divisive. Mm-hmm. And it's allowing people into all this new stuff. And I've completely changed from doing the old style DPS to doing this just because I think it's so much fun. So they've, in a sense, given people the option to do one or the other, yes, whatever they which- prefer literally seemed like an impossibility at the time. It's like, well, if you like light attack weaving, how can you can't both do light attack weaving as a thing and also not do light so attack weaving as a thing? Would you instead sort of did. Would you instead just cast your abilities and on occasion do your heavy attacks to get your stamina or magic? So you do back? so basically, yes, you you throw down your abilities or your damage over time things, mm-hmm. any buffs you've got. And then because the Oaken Soul Ring has this thing that empowers your heavy attacks to do more damage you can build around making your heavy attacks do a lot of damage so you just throw a couple damage over time effects on right and you just heavy attack until you need to recast your dots you'll never be quite as strong as somebody who is masterful at light attack weaving sure Sure. but we objectively can do basically the hardest content you can we in fact just did one of the new dungeon speedrun no death hard modes all at the same time Mm -hmm. in the dungeon called Graven Deep with three of us only using that new heavy attack style thing. Yeah. And so that was it. You would have to get the Oaken Soul Ring. That makes it easiest. Okay. And you where do you get that? Without. How do you it's, get that? It's, it's like an a quest. Antiquity. 
Okay. It's like, a, yeah, so you basically use the, the antiquities feature where you scry and dig up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's made of five parts. So you just kind of piece, piece it, it together, together right. and it's a new mythic item. Right. Um, cool. But you can do it without as long as you just get a skill that gives you this empower ability type of thing. Right. So, right. so you're getting that. super theory crafty in this show. It's just yeah. that's that's been like the shift to the game. Uh-huh. It's I think it's fantastic. It's, it's allowed so so many people after last year kind of having like a. Uh, burnout feel myself included to a degree not not quite to the extreme because i love all aspects of the game but the combat really was not feeling great um i am i have not enjoyed combat this much since i first started playing elder scrolls online for an endorsement like some people don't like it because they're like oh it's too easy then you can still use the other one because technically you can do better like you have a higher damage ceiling but a much lower damage floor the old way mm-hmm. this way you have a much higher floor of damage and your ceiling is pretty close to the floor you just kind of have a set amount that you do right i just think it's great i think it's a lot of fun i really have been enjoying it it reduces so. the variance that's cool that's cool yeah yeah i'm very pleased that it seems like they did have more of a direction than it seemed like they did it re- they've definitely had a lot of us kind of questioning the end goal and we're still not at said end goal but it seems like there's more of a direction there than it it looked like there was because right now in my opinion combat's feeling great in the game and there's there's there is variety whether you want to do this way or another way and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so i i'm a big fan big big fan and so is rob in chat who's who's an open soul diehard as well yeah no and that sounds appealing to me too i don't like having to constantly spam the buttons and then yes there is none of that in fact that's actively problematic to that style of play (laughs) you gotta do the old style if you want to do that so it's very cool Cool, cool. Well, awesome. I'm I'm glad that they're updating that. And yeah, go check yep. out Tales of Tamriel if you're more curious about any of that stuff. Uh, any of my other shows or Tales of Tamriel, you can find links to all of these shows, everything on the Robots Radio Network at robotsradio.net. And uh, just let us know if you're going to Vegas or any of these other events. Cause, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll plan a little get together, and um, thank you for tuning in, chat. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here, Lotus, and yeah, my all of our pa- patrons. Thank you for the support, and we'll be back next week. And until then, stay safe out there exploring Tamriel. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time